chapters thirteen and fourteen of the long long trail by max brand this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter thirteen there was no sleep for mary valentine when she reached her room after jess drear had escaped she had drawn a picture by guesswork and the picture had become a living thing she lighted the lamp to undress at once the thought of going to bed became detestable for she foresaw long hours of sleeplessness twisting and turning from side to side she tried to read but the print tangled on the page became a blur out of which grew a face and a form and a voice throwing the magazine away she tried to daydream but the living reality cut into the midst of her dream she blew out the lamp but the moment it was extinguished the pale moonlight cut into the room and brought back with breathtaking vividness the picture of jess drear as he had got up from the chair and stretched himself before the window at length she slipped into a deep chair beside the bed and dropped her face in her hands time cannot be measured in some moods she could not tell whether it was hours or moments before there was a faint scratching sound outside her window but when she looked up there sat the long body of jess drear in the window jet black in the moonlight in the very attitude he had been in when he dropped for the ground she hardly dared to look again and then she heard the ghost murmur whist mary valentine at that she started up half fearful and tingling with a singularly happy excitement but when she ran to him his greeting was characteristic well well not in bed yet is that the way to treat yourself mary valentine i wouldn't treat my old hoss like that do you know that the sheriffs are still in the house that they haven't gone to bed that their men are here do you know that chestrier i scouted around a bit first and seen their hosses saddled like they was hesitatin about givin me another run and yet you came back not for fun said drear come inside they'll see you sitting there this is good enough for me but if it wasn't out of madness what was it that brought you back common sense they'll hunt for me to-morrow over the hills i'll be ridin off the other way you're doublin on them but salt springs lies the other way and they're sure to comb the district around the town they always do the amateurs start by looking near home they're more generally right than the professionals then but caswell is one of these crafty fellows he starts right in to get inside my mind find out what i'm thinking about and then outguess me he laughed softly caswell follers me as if he was a general as if i was an army with a board of strategy and here i am plain jess drear all i do is to act simple and that always fools him listen to me yes jess drear why have you come back oh partly i've told you why and partly because i left in such a terrible hurry that i forgot something after all you done for me i plumb forgot to thank you so i come back to tell you now that you're the finest girl i've ever knowed mary valentine hush she whispered and to cover her emotion and the tremor of her voice she added isn't that someone listening at the door not a soul there ain't anybody near and there's another reason why i had to come back like as not you'll be hearing considerable talk about me the next few days you'll be hearing about jess drear the murderer jess drear the gambler jess drear the robber jess drear the no-good hound well mostly i don't care what people think about me after i've gone by my trail fades out and what they think about me don't reach my ears so why should i care but this is different 
he turned more fully toward her and looked up she could see him frown with the effort of hard thought i ain't much good with words i'm out of practice too but this is the way i feel when i come to this house i struck soft dirt and i've left a trail that's going to last i mean i i, I mean I, I got an idea that maybe you won't forget me for quite a while you see he spoke very apologetically i shall never forget you said the girl he paused no he said carefully i don't think you ever will it would have been disgusting assurance on the part of another man but it seemed perfectly natural coming from jess drear and here's the way i feel he went on that if ever you should get your head filled full of wrong ideas about me i'd know it if i was a thousand miles away i'd know it and i'd feel like someone had stuck a knife in me and then turned the knife it would hurt you see she could not answer maybe this'll sound all foolish to you said jess drear but what i say now i say because you're the first human being that's ever gone a step out of his way to help me since the law turned me out you took a chance you risked something you got me a chance to get clear and so what i say now i say for you and god and me to hear that's a fact i ain't going to pile up a lot of excuses all i say is this that first a wrong was done and then i took the law into my own hands and then the law threw me out and since that time no matter what liars say i've never lifted my hand except to defend myself there's another thing i've took the money of other people i'll tell you why when they run me away from my home they run me away from my own cattle and my own land it was a good-paying ranch and i figure that the world owes me as much as i'd have made clear off that ranch and that's what i take every year or less and i've never yet taken it from nobody who couldn't afford to lose it mostly i've taken it across card tables but some uh, i've taken at the end of a gun he paused suddenly she was aware that he was in an agony that he had spoken in an agony that he sat now waiting in a silent torment for her judgment and a great humility rushed over mary valentine an ache came in the hollow of her throat and somehow she herself did not know how she had taken both his hands i'm talking the same way she said for you and god to hear me and i swear that i'll never believe harm of you jess drear he raised her hand suddenly to his face her fingertips touched hot pounding pulses in his temples and his hands were quivering god bless you he said was it possible that he had kissed her hands for eight years i've been riding on a lone trail said jess drear i've had the spur dug into me for eight years and a spur leaves scars and now for the first time i've reached a stopping place if you can stay she was whispering oh jess we'll find a way to clear you girl you don't know men but wherever i may go on the out trail night and morning i'll send my thoughts back to you are you going no no not yet i have something to say i she could not finish the sentence but if you should ever need me then send for me i'm a gambler as i've said and there's a string of places through the mountains where they know me in salt springs there's one dan carroll knows me and he can get word to me wherever i am by underground wires good-bye not yet jess it ain't right for me to stay is there something troubling you girl at length she said go now 
quickly he stared at her in wonder she stood erect her face was buried in her hands and then jess drear slipped down from the window afterward she cried out or thought she cried out but he did not turn again after a while she saw him pass on angelina over the top of the hill and across the moon chapter fourteen next to the rooster in the chicken yards the cook is generally the first living thing to waken on a ranch even during the short nights and long days of early summer he is in his kitchen while the dawn is still chilly and gray but on the ranch of morgan valentine there was always one person up even before the cook began to rattle at the lids of his big stove and that person was the owner he was like one of those old-fashioned skippers who keeps only one eye closed even during the dog watch usually morgan valentine employed the early hours in a walk among the ranch buildings he enjoyed that morning stroll while the light grew brighter and brighter on the mountain tops and the mists became thin in the lower valleys each day he watched his big domain unroll before his eyes and the first pride of the possessor flowed back upon him but this morning he went into the living-room and knocked up a fire over the coals which remained from the night before it burned poorly there were charred ends of logs from which the smouldering heat had been eating the life all night and now they glowed like charcoal but would not flame a thick smoke rose toward the chimney and some of it rolled out and curled around the mantelpiece and filled the room with pungent scent morgan valentine remained hanging over this dreary blaze a man if fifty is generally fat enough to content himself with the present but when he turns back to the past it is dangerous and valentine was thinking of the past there had been something in jess drear which made him reminiscent of the days when he and his brother became empire builders in this valley sitting before the fire the rancher recalled how the tall man had sat back in the shadow and watched the others with bright uneasy eyes like a wild animal thought valentine which has come out of the night and even in captivity carries with it an air of the freedom of the outer spaces that was the thing which tormented him jess drear was free free and penniless no doubt but freedom was worth poverty here was he the rich man tied down by his wealth what had it brought him except an unloved wife and children who were hardly more than names to him to jess drear the whole mountain desert was synonymous with the word home there was something infinitely attractive to valentine in the character of the outlaw there was an honesty if that word could be used with a thief that drew the rancher as he had never been drawn before to any man except his dead brother someone was coughing in the hall he recognized his wife even before she appeared in the door why morgan i thought the house was on fire she said and straightway she went to a window and opened it the house was that full of smoke she added coughing again he returned no answer to this but kicked the log fragments again and this time a yellow tongue of fire leaped out and hung for a moment quivering in the mist of smoke as though it had a life of its own after that the blaze began and the smoke diminished there had been a touch of irritation in that kick at the smouldering wood but now he was able to turn his usual calm face toward his wife you look kind of tired he said kindly 
how could i look any other way after last night bear up for a little while mother mary is leaving in a few days and then you can have a long rest maud valentine regarded her husband critically she had studied this silent man with profound attention for many years and knew less about him now than she had at the beginning i've been thinking something she said slowly and folded her hands before her after mary goes every time you miss her you'll look to me and be angry i'm never angry mother at this a little spot of colour came up in each cheek i wish you'd talk straight out to me once in a while morgan i wish you'd talk man talk to me now and then he shrugged his shoulders but she went on in spite of this danger sign even if you was to storm at me morgan i like it better than this i try to be kind mother kind she said kind and there was a breathless little check in her voice it suddenly occurred to the man that she was acting as if she had been enduring for a long time and had now reached the limit of her strength he braced himself with that chilly feeling in his back which a man usually has when he faces the hysteria of a woman well she said at length so calmly that his nerves gradually began to relax we won't talk any more about her we'll talk about you morgan and she made a step toward him as timid as a girl approaching her new lover who has not yet completed his avowal now and then a sort of youthful beauty would flush across this middle-aged woman's face just now said he i'd kind of like to talk about her you ain't apt to admire her mother but you got to admit that what she did last night was pretty fine maud valentine blinked fine she gasped getting a murdering outlaw away from a sheriff fine two sheriffs corrected her husband grimly are you laughing at me morgan i mean she took a bad job off my hands mother off your hands would you have had me let them take my guest under my roof when they come here by my invitation she found no ready answer to this but nevertheless she instinctively shook her head if it hadn't been for mary i'd have had to stand back to back with that jest drear and fought him off he sighed i think we'd have cleaned him up but it would have meant that i'd be riding this minute beside jest drear on the long out trail no matter where it takes him and every man's hand agin us that's what it would have meant morgan i actually believe that you almost regret it sometimes i don't know but it's mary that's kept me here ah but you don't look down deep and get the reasons why she done it dear do you know what they were well she bore the patient neglectful tone because she saw that drear was paying a lot of attention to elizabeth she was not being talked to she was jealous that's the whole fact of it maud said her husband after a moment of silence here comes the sheriffs maybe you better meet em and make em at home at that she regretted what she had said for she saw the mouth of morgan valentine setting in a way she knew very well but he had closed the conversation too definitely and pointedly for her to attempt to reopen it the sheriffs were at least good losers they made only laughing comments on their futile chase of jess drear the night before and they kept up the same cheery talk all during the breakfast when mary valentine came down with elizabeth beside her they neither frowned at the girl who had broken through their trap nor openly reproached her 
if any one were estranged by the events of the night before it seemed oddly enough to be the three women for elizabeth studiously avoided the eye of mary and paid strict attention to eating and as for maud valentine it seemed that her niece was not in the room for all the attention that she paid her charlie and lewis were full of open admiration for the manner in which the outlaw had broken through but it must have been a lucky shot that he got in said charlie it ain't hardly likely that it was aimed the shot that dropped sam do you see where it hit him asked sheriff john caswell raising his head at this point in the conversation clean through the thigh he'll be on his feet again inside of three weeks and riding after jess drear at this the sheriff smiled pityingly son he said claney tells me you're kind of handy with a gun yourself but you fasten on to this if drear had wanted to kill sam he would have done it that was an aimed shot son and don't make no mistake but it was night mr caswell and besides he was on a gallopin horse sure he was but all drear needs is enough light to see what he's shootin at he's a snapshot son and he shoots with a gun the way other men point with their finger no sir he planted that shot on purpose not to kill sam but to drop him off in his horse and here's another thing sam won't take the trail after jess as soon as he can ride a horse again not him it's a queer thing but them that's ever faced jess don't generally have any hankerin to see him again and them that seen him swing a gun jess naturally lose all appetite for seein the same show all over again but you've been on the trail a long time sheriff said charlie it's different with me son i'll tell you how it is jess drear has made a fool out of me more times than you can count on your two fingers and i don't mind much of anything except to have a man laugh at me well they's been other men take after jess that was a heap smarter men than i'll ever be and they's been some that was faster fighters and straighter shots jess has fooled em all he may keep right on foolin me but he'll never shake me off in his trail i stay there till i come up with him and one of us goes down i ain't fast i ain't smart but i'm a tolerable patient man son tolerable patient for some reason there was little talk at the breakfast table after this moment End of chapters 13 and 14